Welcome to the Brownstoner podcast. I'm your host, Josh Schneps, publisher of Brownstoner. My guest today is Compass Real Estate agent, Peter Riolo. Welcome, Peter. Thanks for joining. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. It's great to have you. You have a great background. I want to talk a little bit about it. So you're a third generation in your family that's gone into real estate. You worked on Wall Street, which I did for, for a year and realized it wasn't for me. And you won the Rebney Deal of the Year recognition in 2016. You enjoy cooking Italian food, which is awesome, with your family in your pre-war apartment in Brooklyn Heights. And you specialize in Brownstone, Brooklyn, from Brooklyn Heights to Fort Greene and Clinton Hill. So I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit about growing up in a real estate family and how that shapes your interactions with, with clients today. Yeah, well, my family history started in the mid-30s where my grandfather started a real estate brokerage and insurance company in his living room. And as an immigrant to this country, he was the first of his family to go to college, went to NYU, and the first real business owner. And so we grew up in and around it. My dad and my uncle took it over. I was holding my dad's hands in construction sites, always wondering why he was zooming off with random people to go look at properties. Never really <laughs> at that point in time, but you know, fast forward, it was a great background. It shaped my client experience because I was, you know, raised on these, you know, what our bread and butter was, which is client service, fiduciary relationships, and really an old school approach to real estate brokerage that is not about the deals. It's really about the people. Mm. That's been my, you know, North Star in, in my practice. And as you, you know, read some of the accolades, you know, marrying that with being a young guy and tech enabled and you know, all the other things that we kind of bring to the table now, it's been a really successful combination. I love that. You know, I'm in a family business too, and it's, it's a great way to, to learn at a young age and, and really, you know, get out of the gates running when you start your career. Yeah, well, it, it was. I got licensed, you know, even while I was still in college, just because in case you ever need to do something. But after a short stint on the floor of the exchange as an equity broker, I realized that I missed interaction with people and I, I didn't have the opportunity to be an entrepreneur, which is what I always truly desired. Real estate gave me that opportunity and little did I know then was my absolute calling. That's terrific. You know, you talked a little bit about technology and, you know, Compass has also a lot of uh, different programs that are unique. And I know many of your clients have used the Compass Concierge program to borrow money at no cost to prepare a property for market. So I'd love to hear from your experience what that program does for sellers and in what situations it's been most useful. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a winning equation in selling real estate. It's price and presentation together, you know, create value and sell property. So diverge a little bit about, go back to the Italian cooking. My wife is Italian. She's an interior designer, mm -hmm. trained in Torino, Italy, masters here in New York in design. And well before I was with Compass, during part of my eight-year stint at Brown Harris Stevens, where I was a top producer, we started to do design to sell. Mm. And we realized that a little bit of money on the front end was yielding our clients shorter time on market and greater market prices. And so in order to help them get as much as they can for their, for their places, we started to roll out this decluttering, staging, design concepts, color palettes, you know, the whole nine. And the opportunity at Compass just with concierge gave us an opportunity to really roll that out in a way more approachable manner to our clients where there's no longer, you know, an upfront cost. 
So it's easier when you're dealing with just getting paid back at closing to go ahead and agree to set up the property in a way that it's going to meet the, me- the market to the best of its ability and therefore yield the best market price. Interesting. Makes sense. I mean, I guess it's just an opportunity where people can really make improvements and not have to suffer in terms of cash flow. Well, you know, not everybody's in the same position. Some clients prefer to do presentation work on their own. Some people like to leverage with Compass Concierge. In particular, it's a great tool if it's ever an estate property because estates are stuck in probate. Mm. Usually the assets are not readily available to make improvements and usually the properties are dilapidated. So bringing that and, and creating awareness with different wills, trusts, and estates attorneys that are handling estate sales has been a really nice, advantageous uh, sector for us to focus on in, in leveraging Compass Concierge to the market. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's something that didn't come to mind to me initially, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Let's talk a little bit about where the market is now. Can you give us insight in what's going on in terms of the Brooklyn market specifically and what your feeling is on timing of buying and selling now? Yeah, well, I think if you've been following the market, if I can get a little perspective, let's start back at the onset of COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, Brooklyn in particular, the depth and the length of time that was projected in terms of how the market was going to react to being shut down and and people, you know, fleeing, I'm doing the quote unquote, the city was way shorter and way shallower than anybody really thought. Um, Because there was a lot of unknown around that. And when there's fear and unknown with consumer confidence, you know, some projections can go wild. But Brooklyn's been incredibly resilient. The market is up. It's very light inventory, particularly in the townhouse market. Yeah. The townhouse market is in bidding wars pretty much at all price categories. Wow. Particularly for two well-priced two families Mm. where, you know, given that leverage is so affordable right now. And we think for a short foreseeable period of time, it will remain low to, uh, in terms of the mortgage interest rates, but then probably it's going to, going to have to adjust to meet inflation. But for the time being, with cheap money and short inventory, it's been a very good seller's market. And it's been challenging for some buyers to get into the homes that they want. And so you know, being prepared and having your ducks in a row at the front end, understanding your finances, making a real strategy studying the market and getting up to snuff so that when, you, when you're in the right place, you don't know how to hit it out the park is ever more important today than it has been. And really, you know, it's kind of like back to business as usual, even though everyone thinks that we should still be kind of bumping along. It doesn't feel like that weird of a market for, I think, us in the industry because, you know, we're pretty accustomed to a supply, light, you know, demand heavy environment in New York City. Right. And I assume also, I mean, I live in Brooklyn and I feel Brooklyn has always been a borough for people, you know, that might want a little bit more space versus Manhattan and the townhouse market. I mean, outdoor space, I feel like now is, is a big uh, selling point. So you outdoor know. space, washer, dryer in the unit, private parking. Mm. If you have any of those uh, associated with your apartment or your home, there's a, there's a very strong market for that right now, particularly in Brooklyn. And, you know, the newspapers covered everybody leaving, going to Westchester, to Long Island, to New Jersey, just going out to the suburbs to get more space. But a lot of Manhattanites moved to Brooklyn. Yes. And, you know, Brooklyn is somewhere in between. And I know for us, I mentioned my wife is from Italy. We found a home in Brooklyn 
where it was a compromise that we wanted the convenience of the city for me to get around, convenience of the trains to, to be able to have access uh, to commute. But we also wanted a scale that felt livable. And, you know, Brownstone Brooklyn gave us that lifestyle and the environment that we desired, the shops, the restaurants, all the, all the draws. And so, you know, I think that uh, as people become more grounded in really understanding how they want to live in today's day and age, that Brooklyn becomes ever more desirable. Yeah, no, that, listen, it's a great place to, to live and to work. And, you know, that's all terrific insight. What would you say is your best advice to clients who want to sell, but they're concerned they may not be able to find their next home? So it depends on where they want to go, right? So it's not, I, I preface with that. I never give blanket advice on a topic, you know, really mm-hmm. understanding people and where they're at, what's moving them, what's important to them. Uh, you know, that's the focus in giving this type of advice, but I'll give you a general, you know, if you're moving out of the city, but you've been a city res- resident for a long time and you're moving to call it a new place or a new location, someplace you're not as familiar with. My advice is always to rent for a year first, mm-hmm. you know, to go and try to, to have the stars align for a sale and a purchase without temporary housing or moving everything into storage or just the stress of making it work. Now it, it can happen and we've done it a lot successfully and there are post-occupancy agreements and there are things that we can do to kind of ease the, the pain of that move. But it's just cleaner if you go and you rent for a year and make sure you're happy that you love where you're at before you go and invest and put all, you know, usually your property is one of your more significant assets. Sure. So that's my general advice. If you're moving out of the city, rent first. If you're going to a new neighborhood, if you're going from Manhattan to Brooklyn or Brooklyn to Manhattan, and you have a level of comfort, my advice is to really look at your liquidity and to really consider what would be the manner of doing the deal that doesn't put you under significant crunch if something happens and the timeframes are elongated. And so yeah. you, know, you want to make that decision conservatively by my regard. I wish you were with you one other thing that that family office that I mentioned in the beginning of our call is still around and operated by my dad in Hastings on Hudson in Westchester. Oh, wow. And so we do a lot of referrals and, and relocation between the two markets. Mm. And, you know, I would I would call it even a seamless experience between Westchester and New York City, because the other point when you're doing a, a sale and a buy is, you know, having the right team that you know is gonna have oversight and your interests in, in making that exchange happen and having all the pieces fall into place so that it's not a big challenge. And so it's something that we pride ourselves on being able to offer to clients that are moving between those two markets. Yeah, I think that's great advice because a lot of people have made quick decisions, particularly during the pandemic of moving. And you know, when you buy, you know, it's, it's, it's planting a flag. Whereas if you rent, you get a sense of, the area as well. And then, you know, Hudson Valley, it's interesting because I really look at it as Brooklyn 2.0, whether it's been people from Brooklyn moving there or, you know, having second homes there. For sure. And it's been like that for a long time. And I think only now is it really coming into people's consciousness that, you know, there are communities that they're not the same, right? There's only one Brooklyn, there's only one real cityscape and, and services like what we have here. But but there are areas around and it's that a lot of people, you know, make that choice to sell here and move up there if they, you know, 
call it our, you know, younger families or and a lot of people that are downsizing come back. So there is a lot of exchange between the two markets and, um, you know, something that we identified a long time ago and have been, you know, uh, gearing our, our focus towards as That's being you know, just a good extension of what we do. You know, we talked a little bit about the Compass Concierge Program and, and how you work with your wife to improve properties um, before they go on the market. What type of improvements do you typically look at for the best outcome with clients? It's interesting because all these questions intertwine nicely, right? If somebody is in the home and loves their furniture and loves how they live and can't imagine the home being set up any other way, well, then, you know, there's not really much to do in terms of presentation. But if they are going to some other place or they own another property or if the property is vacant, well, then you're really dealing with a blank canvas, an opportunity to look at the property, not as somebody's home, but as just the asset and to consider a presentation as if it were a gallery where you're just looking to get as much as you can for the asset. And in those circumstances, you know, we've gone as far as doing complete renovations to to properties. And then the whole gamut in between decluttering, staging, you know, floral arrangements, live flowers, uh, live plants, color palettes between flooring and uh, kitchen cabinets and painting and, you know, and then, you know, just kind of the bare minimum, right? Let's just clean it up and white box it and get some new light fixtures in it so it's bright and, and sell it as is. So there's no one direction for the property. It really depends on where the client's at and what their motivations are, what their time horizon is, and their approach, right? Because it's all a factor of price at the end of the day. Yeah. Get the property in the best uh, condition that it can be in, and you'll get the highest price. But for some, you know, it's better to set a more moderate list price and do a little bit less work and try to move on it faster. You know, everyone has their own particular circumstances, and as such, you know, I try to give them the right advice just based on where they're at. I love it. You know, Peter, you've given a lot of great advice and insight. I love to end off these conversations, but just asking what about Brooklyn truly inspires you? Well, I think for me, it's a bit inside of me. What inspires me about Brooklyn is remembering the story of my family that came to this country through Ellis Island to mm-hmm. Five Points in Manhattan, and eventually they became property owners in Brooklyn. It's the first family homestead that we had. And I still have the pictures of my grandmother you know, on the, on the roof of uh, that property. So for me, it's kind of going full circle to have my, my family here, my children in the schools. And on a personal note, living here in Brooklyn Heights, I feel inspired by the architecture because mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with real estate, but the scale, the fresh air off the harbor, uh, the views. And I think that there's still a sense of community that, that as residents we desire and to have interactions with neighbors and conversations that, you know, even with people that you don't necessarily know, that can, you know, inspire you insane. And so I think that's my connection to Brooklyn on a higher level. And, you know, I was a Manhattan night for a while. And mm-hmm. Brooklyn afforded us the lifestyle and the housing stock that we really wanted. And then from there, it was like just rolling downhill. Can't imagine living anyplace else. I'm with you on that one. Well, Peter, it's been great talking with you and thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate your time and you know, thank you 
Likewise, and thank you. Make sure to tune into the Brownstoner podcast at brownstoner.com. 